Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You listen to Green. green. You might turn red. red. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Next hour, you're going to hear Canadians who left this country to pursue treatment for their cancer. Germany and Mexico specifically, and I just heard from another person whose mother went to Germany and had pancreatic cancer surgery, nanolife surgery, from Dr. Matthias Berth. As Mayor Hector McMillan and uh, Dwayne Eckert both have done, we'll be speaking with the mayor and speaking with uh, Dwayne's son, Sean, in the next hour. Also with um, Michael Massetti and his son, Justin. Justin has inoperable brain cancer. They're being treated in Tijuana. And everybody's doing better. But in Canada, they were told, and you'll hear them say that, that the treatment that they wanted and the treatment that they received elsewhere was not available, was experimental. And now the provincial health plans will not pay for their treatment outside the country. But they're improving. That's what you'll hear. So back to the issue of Donald Trump and tomorrow's Electoral College vote. 538 Americans have the final decision on who becomes the President of the United States. 270 have to vote for one of the candidates. And according to the numbers from November 8th election, it's not even close. Donald Trump should simply become the next President of the United States, and that vote should be confirmed tomorrow. The national vote should be confirmed by the Electoral College tomorrow. But there's questions that are being raised again and again about whether that's going to happen. Whether 37 GOP voters, Republican voters, in the college might be swung over to not vote for Donald Trump and then make it a question about who's going to be the president of the United States and turn it over to the House of Representatives. Michael Benarian is one of the electors. He's from Michigan. We've spoken with Michael, I think it was about three or four weeks ago, We spoke with Michael when the issue first became a media event, and since that time, it's become the almost an obsessive story with the left hoping fervently that 37 Republican voters will not go for Donald Trump and will vote for somebody else, anybody else. Michael, good to have you back with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So you've been lobbied very hard not to vote for Donald Trump. What's happened since you spoke with me on air three weeks ago? How much mail, email, how many calls would you estimate that you've received? Do you have any idea? Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually been crazy. It's really ramped up since last we spoke. In the past three days, I've received over 3,000 letters. Um, I just had the mailman come into our house with these big, uh, big boxes full of letters. We're going to have to tip them extra this Christmas, but... <laughs> It, uh, it, it's just been flowing in like crazy. Phone calls, my phone's been ringing off the hook. Facebook messages and emails have been coming in by the thousands in that, in that uh, area. So it's just, it's really blown up as we've gotten closer to the vote. And of those contacts that are made with you, any idea what percentage are urging you to go ahead and vote for Donald Trump as opposed to those telling you not to? I would say that uh, letters in the mail, I've received about three or four supportive letters, and the rest are all uh, begging me to change my vote. Over Facebook, you know, you get a handful more of, of supporters, of uh, people telling me to, to stay, stay with 
with the vote and, and encouraging me to, uh, you know, stick with it and not take these people seriously, these people who are in many cases are threatening my life to change my vote. But uh, generally speaking, I'd say well over 99% uh, are, are begging me to change my vote and trying to demand that I do that. And you're not going to do that? Absolutely not. No, neither are the 15 other electors from Michigan, and frankly, neither are the 305 other uh, GOP electors. We have only one GOP elector, which I'm sure you'll ask about in a little bit, from Texas that said he won't do it, but I don't think that anybody else besides him will be uh, doing that. How many of the uh, Democratic Electoral College members have lobbied you directly? Well, I, I've been reached out to uh, via mail and email by one particular elector from Washington State. Uh, his, his name's actually is slipping my mind, but he's kind of uh, spearheading a lot of these efforts. He's not the main person, but he's one of the figureheads that's been trying to push for GOP electors to change their vote to somebody else. And uh, he's actually been trying to call for his ability to change his vote from Hillary Clinton to another Republican, because their their goal is not just to get Donald Trump to drop below 270, but they're hoping to change enough Democratic electors too to get either Hillary Clinton or a more moderate Republican uh, in their in their eyes, more moderate Republican uh, elected president. Or so they say. Yes, that's what they say. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned death threats. Um, how does that affect you? Yeah. Well, you know, you can't really let these things get to you. I think uh, at, at the end of the day, these people are just bullies. And so if you let them affect your day-to-day life and let them get you down, you're just letting them win. So I've chosen not to not to do that. I, I gather them together. I report them to the police if they're particularly concerning, which I have done. And uh, they're currently opening uh, some investigations on those. So we're just going to try to handle those accordingly and send a message to those people that it's just not okay what they're doing. No, it isn't. Absolutely not. Uh, and, and they need to be dealt with. So, mm-hmm. I, so I've been watching uh, U.S. cable news quite a bit because I'm fascinated with what's happening now, particularly with the college. We normally don't hear a great deal about the Electoral College. You, you go ahead, you do your thing, and it confirms what the general election has decided. But this time, right. what, I'm, what I'm seeing, the argument that's being put forward by members of the Electoral College who are trying to persuade you and other Republicans to change the way you're going to vote, their position is, and this, this one Texas Republican member of the college who's decided he's not voting for Donald Trump. They keep saying that they have the ultimate responsibility for democracy, that it's their responsibility to to vote. It's not really the, the November late election really doesn't matter that much. It only matters what the 538 decide, because that's what Alexander Hamilton said should happen. That's what's in the Constitution and that you're protecting the republic. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, let's split this up into a couple of things. I think there's a fundamental misunderstanding about what the Electoral College is there for. These people think that the Electoral College is around so that a group of 538 elitists can decide the next freeder, uh, leader of the free world. That's not the case at all. The Electoral College is put into place to ensure that every American has a voice in the process. Because without the Electoral College, with just like a straight national popular vote, what you'd find is big states like California and New York, densely populated, largely populated states, would control the election results in every election. We saw in this particular election, Donald Trump won well over 80% of geographical America, and yet the coastlines in California, particularly three counties in California, are what gave Hillary Clinton 
that lead in the national popular vote. So the Electoral College is, is put in a place so that states like Wyoming and New Hampshire, small states like that, can have a voice in the process, just like California, New York, and Florida, and other large states. So in that, in that respect, I think they've, they've got, got about this all wrong. But in particular to that Texas elector, I think what, what he's doing is absolutely shameful, because if you look at the facts, what he's, the arguments that he's making makes absolutely no sense. He was elected at the Texas GOP state convention to be a elector for the Republican nominee for president and vice president. He signed a legal affidavit saying that he would do so. He then appeared on the Texas ballot during the November 8th election as an elector for Donald Trump and Mike Pence. And the millions of Texans who voted that day voted for him as an elector for Donald Trump and Mike Pence, not as a rogue elector. So it's really deceptive what he's trying to do and what other electors, frankly, on the Democratic side are trying to get other Republicans to do. They're trying to go against the will of the voters. And to think that your opinion is somehow better than the millions and millions of people within your own state is is absolutely egotistical and wrong. So I, I think they're completely wrong on both of those instances. All right. Now, the big story, the, the most recent push, of course, is that Vladimir Putin and the Russians affected the outcome of the election. Hillary Clinton is is claiming that. Uh, Podesta's claiming that. Uh, the Democrats are claiming that. What do you make of uh, of, of this of this uh, position that the Russians and Putin caused Clinton's problems? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think these are just attempts to delegitimize uh, Donald Trump as president. I don't think there's any validity to these to these arguments they're making. The sourcing that they're talking about, for example, the New York Times published an article saying that the CIA had found that the Russians had tried to infiltrate the election process by leaking out this information, and their source was an, one anonymous source. That's all that they had to go off of. And that source also said that the Russians tried to hack into the RNC, which was not true. So if that's the standard that we're, we're living by, a, an anonymous source, then I think they have to try a lot better than that. I think it's absolutely wrong for any foreign government to try to infiltrate an election. And if anything like that happened or there is, uh, we caught wind that that was happening, I expect my government to investigate that thoroughly. But to try to delegitimize the next president of the United States and his presidency because of your own failings, in particular with Hillary Clinton, is absolutely wrong. She presented the wrong direction for the country, and the majority of Americans in these Midwestern states that she needed to win disagreed with her view of the future. And that's why she lost. She lost because of those things. She lost because she was not trustworthy. They didn't like what she was laying out. So to do that is absolutely wrong. And I find it funny how she said during the election how dangerous it would be and how how horrible for our democracy if you didn't accept the results of the election had she won. But since she didn't win, now it's okay for her to try to delegitimize the election results and attack the election results and the president-elect. And I think it's wrong. I uh, received an email from a listener a few minutes ago, and uh, the point was made, if the Russians, in fact, helped uh, Donald Trump win the election, how is it possible, then, that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote? Mm-hmm. I thought it's a good well, question. He, he, the, yeah, the, the, the interesting thing is is that these things that are coming out are not even saying that the, the Russians, you know, infiltrated our voting systems and, and made it so that they flipped votes from Democrat to Republican. Because if you actually look at a lot of the voting machines that are used, the electronic ones aren't even attached to the Internet. In order to uh, hack into those, 
you have to be there, pry open the back of them, and uh, hack them with a the computer in the voting area, which just wouldn't happen. You can't do it beforehand because they test those machines on election day to yeah. make sure that there's been no tampering. So what they're talking about, uh, essentially, is the hacking that occurred during the DNC, and they're saying the information that came out changed voters' minds as to why uh, they should vote for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. But again, these are unsubstantiated uh, accusations. And again, if the Russians did hack into the DNC or other private American servers, that's absolutely wrong. We should investigate that and hold them accountable. But to say that that's the reason Donald Trump won the election is just wrong. It's, it's, it's not true, and it's dangerous for them to be delegitimizing the president like that, or president-elect, rather. Michael, final question for you. How does the voting actually take place tomorrow? What do you do? Yeah. So we all go to our respective state capitals. For Michigan, it's in Lansing. We have a special session of the Senate, and at that session, uh, they do a roll call vote, and we nominate uh, the candidate for president and vice president. In our case, it would be Donald Trump and Mike Pence, and the 16 Michigan electors cast those votes formally. They are certified by the governor and sent to Washington, D.C., where they are read, I believe, January 26th, or January 6th, rather, on a joint session of Congress by the vice president. Michael Benarion, thank you so much for the time. Uh, you're 22 years of age. I hear the kind of political determination and savvy in you that I think a lot of people are going to be hearing a lot about Michael Benarion in the years to come. Thank you for having me. Thanks. All the very best. Michael Benarion from the state of Michigan, one of the electors from the Electoral College. We'll come back at 1-800-263-2428. Your views. Your views. Is there any reason, any reason, I'll rephrase the question a little bit, is there any reason for the majority of the members of the Electoral College to not vote for Donald Trump tomorrow? 1-800-263-2428.